podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Welcome back to the Nina Kauser Show. New year. New set of problems. Um, it finished 2 all against Chelsea. I don't know what to say about it. I just don't know what to say about it, you know? Throwing it away like that. But you know what? It is what it is. I think it's fair to say the title race is over. You know? And um, I'm a bit deflated, not going to lie. But it is what it is. And uh, joining me on this podcast, who might share some of my misery or a lot of it, and hopefully some insightful thoughts and comments about the game and players. I have two excellent guests for you. So without further ado, let's let's bring them in. I am honoured to be joined by... Andy Wales. Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm not too bad. Happy New Year, Nina. Uh, Happy New Year. You know what? Let's focus on the positives. I hope you and yours are doing well. We are indeed, and I, and I hope and I wish the same for your for your family, you and your family. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, let's just, just talk a shame, about just a shame we've yeah, just a shame we've had to sit through that really. But there you go. I know, I know. It was looking so good. And joining us on this podcast, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tighty Pants Cambridge. <laughs> oh no, it's uh if you've seen Harinda's latest video thing, it's it's the dress now, isn't it? Nobody puts Cammy in a corner. <laughs> no chance. Not with these legs, baby. So um <laughs> Oh what do I what do I say? I'm five foot two and I have little legs, okay. <laughs> Ladies die for my legs, honestly. There's been a lot of deaths around me. But um, um, what can I say? Uh, let's let's get back to uh, what it's about. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Firstly, um, hopefully, twenty twenty two is going to be nothing like the last couple of years we had, and uh, the world will become a better place uh, again. Um, football wise, uh, oh dear, um, beat the dross, win the league is uh, a famous saying by one of our famous uh, contributors, Mister Brundish. Um, it's always important not to lose to those teams around you. And um, I suppose that was the first objective today. And uh, at least we're not here to talk about a loss. Uh, unfortunately, we're we're trying to challenge a team that's uh, a juggernaut uh, when it comes to winning football matches. And um, this draw certainly feels like another defeat, doesn't it? So um, let's get into it. Uh, let's Let's dissect it, pull it apart. Um, hopefully come out with a little bit of positivity by the end of it. 
I know it's just so so bad that you know even our 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 go to caller Dell is just too upset and does not want to call in. But we do have Kevin who is joining us. Kevin, welcome back. Thank you. No, it's an absolute honour to have you on, my friend. Um, we thought we'd get you on first. Um, you know, just air whatever you need to air. You know, this is what this pod's all about. Hmm. Shall I go ahead? Absolutely, yeah, the floor's yours. Um, it's another disappointing result for the Reds, unfortunately. Um, where, again, once again, we've dropped points from one in positions and our midfield was virtually non-existent and, you know, that's just how it is, really. And now, in terms of winning the title, if it wasn't over on Tuesday, it certainly is now. Mm. Yeah, I I think um, the lads will pretty much agree with you. And let's kind of go there, Andy. I mean, I think that loss to Leicester was so, so costly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, even even if we had a one today, I still felt it was going to be a tall order, to be brutally honest with you, given that, you know, we don't have the squad depth. It's as simple as that. And, you know, it shows you that, you know, we just lack the quality in midfield at the moment without uh, Thiago. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things, really. It really is. It really is. But, you know, I, you know, hope we kind of compete and maybe we go all night in the Champions League. Um, you know, yeah. they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to do it now. There's, you know, there's no... Yeah, and, and now that we're going to be losing uh, Manny and Salah now for, for the best part of a month, and I don't know I don't know what that we're going to be on without them two, because I thought Jota was very, very, very poor. He has been for a few games now, and, and he's going to be very, very relied upon now to get us the goals over the next uh, month or so. It will be very, very interesting. And Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, costly loss to Leicester City. Um, I think Cam alluded to it as well, just a dropping of the points against Chelsea in the manner that we did. It feels like a loss because we were, we were ahead and then we just completely, completely just, you know, the... The lack of maturity to just kind of drop it like that. And maybe if you've got some points and thoughts that you want to share from what Kevin said there, because I think he's just kind of echoed what a majority of us are thinking. So if you've got any responses to anything what Kevin said there, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, without doubt, obviously, the, the Leicester, the defeat to Leicester was not only costly, but hugely frustrating. We were fresh, they'd, you know, 48 hours the previous day, they'd had a match. It it really was there for the taking, and we didn't do it. And as Cam alluded to, you know, this Man City team, that they are very, very good. They're like a juggernaut. They just keep winning, and we have to keep winning. Much like, you know, the season where we, we just finished second to them, and then the following season when we won it, we just kept finding a way to win games. And it was that, you know, that's when Klopp called us the mentality uh, monsters. And and it doesn't feel like that we are the monster, those mentality monsters anymore because we were really poor against Leicester and yet should still have won the game. Threw that one away. And then we come into this game against Chelsea absolutely needing to win. I, I thought I was concerned when I saw um, Milner and Henderson starting yeah. 
together because then two together starting it, it doesn't really work. It's it's not dynamic enough. I really thought Naby Keita should have been starting on the la- that left hand side, um, and that's not to that's not to pick at Milner because I thought he had a decent first half, but. It's just, again, it's much like the game against Leicester. It's the balance of that midfield just isn't quite right. And when we don't have Thiago there to control the game, it's there's something desperately lacking in that area of the pitch for us, unfortunately. And it was, you know, it it was it, it was there for all to see against Leicester, and it was there for all to see again here today. We didn't play well. We found ourselves two 0 up, and at that point, we just needed to control the game. And then you talk about maturity. Well, Milner and Henderson are both in the 30s. There's plenty of maturity there. There's plenty of experience there. There's you know, much fabled leadership there. It's the, cap- the club captain, the vice captain, the, the experienced heads. There's plenty of them there. They should know to take control of the game, to slow it down, to keep a handle on it. And instead, it was chaotic. It was a game of basketball. And... You know, it's on, it is what it is, isn't it? Chelsea, a very good team. We, we we give them too much space, we give them too many opportunities, they find their yep. way into it, and that's it. And we're back to where we were, and it's it's hugely, hugely frustrating because in a game I was where we didn't really deserve anything more than a draw, but again, we were in a good position, but we've thrown it away, and we've thrown, things away, we've thrown results away a number of times this season. And again, going back to what Cam said, with this Man City team, you want to you want to compete for the league. You want to win that league. You just cannot afford to be throwing games away. You cannot afford to be throwing the victories away, and and it's just too many. And yeah, unfortunately, right now it looks hugely hugely unlikely that um, we're going to be able to uh, overcome that. What's it? Eleven point gap. Yes. Yeah, it's just looking good. Yep, go for it. Um. You see, Mon- you see, I, when Milner gave away that daft free kick, that there was basically a momentum changer, really, because, and look, t- to be fair, Kovacic, he scored an absolutely fantastic goal, taking the home away from him, but that, but it was preventable because of the free kick, and after that, we just folded like a pack of cards, and second half, second half was a drab of a game, to be honest with you, and there were times where we could have scored, and then there were times they could have scored, and you know, overall, I'd, I'd probably say the draw was ultimately the fair result in the end. Yeah, I think Gags has come in there as well and said, can't quite believe we didn't concede in the second half. Cam, you, um, uh, back to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, um, the, it, it, it comes down to the midfield. It always does, always has done. Every match is won and lost by winning the midfield battle. We didn't have a midfield. Fab was totally isolated. Um, Milner was winning the odd ball in the middle, but what we did with the ball after that was atrocious. Uh, there was no, there was no link-up play. There was no, we we couldn't retain the ball. I mean, our fullbacks were kind of bypassing the midfield. Even I noticed that they were like, "Fuck this! We're just going to, you know, just overpower we, we, the midfield." It's they they just they were the 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 dominant team, and that shouldn't have been the case. We're a better team than them, and it, it goes back to what Andy said that the midfield balance was completely wrong. Hendo and Milner as a two in the midfield or a part of the three, it, it doesn't work, hasn't worked, never will work. Um, but the the challenge from Milner 
our most experienced player who's in his 21st season of professional football four minutes before half time to do that challenge on the edge of your box it, it's as bad as anything i've seen this season well that's but that's <laughs> what he is that's what he is but you he, he, lucas was doing that in the 89th minute this completely shifted the momentum of the game away we, we didn't deserve to be 2-0 up you know i mean that they, they you know that keller her save at the beginning mm-hmm. you know that was a phenomenal save you know Pulisic sort of easily have scored there and and we would have been chasing the game i mean we keep throwing games away from winning positions from leading positions brentford brighton tottenham Saturday. Chelsea, um, Man City at home. That's five games there. We, sh- you know, and that's West Ham as a Adam Patricioni has just pointed out. Um, you know, it's five, six games, and these are the games. It's the draws. I, I said this. I said this the other day on the on the main pod. It's not the defeats that cost us. Chelsea have lost two. Man City have lost two. Liverpool have lost two. It's these draws that are costing us. It's these draws that hurt more in the long run. In 08-09, we lost two games but didn't win the league because we drew too many. Yeah, is- isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. That is the draws are the killer. And it was, and it was the same in 08-09 and it was the same in 18-19 where, you know, we were drawn. We weren't. We weren't drawn against exactly good teams. We were drawn against a lot of draws in the league. And 08 09, we drew too many home games against shit teams. And 18 19, we were drawn too many games away from home to shit teams. And ultimately, draws are just as damaging as defeats. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, yeah. Very much so. Sorry. Go on, no, no, carry on. Carry on. I was just agreeing with Kevin there. Yeah, um, and the, the, one of the reasons for well, the, the reason we drew today was because we didn't have the midfield. I mean, the midfield looked so much better when uh, Naby came on. We were suddenly looked more like a functioning team. The ball was being moved around. Suddenly, Simicast was uh, getting played in on that side, and he was uh, uh, because Pulisic had been pulled, pushed back to win back. And suddenly he was uh, able then to make uh, more use of that uh, midfield, basically, because Naby was there linking up with Mo, and uh, not Mo, with uh, uh, Mane, sorry. And then there was suddenly movement, and then we suddenly got lively, and we and things begin to happen when you play better players. I mean, it's it, that's all it comes down to today. You know, I mean, we, you can spin it as much as you like. You know, that first goal then led to the second goal because they got the they got the wind up. Two 0 is probably the most dangerous scoreline in football because as soon as the opposition gets that one goal, the the tails are up, the crowd will sum me up. The crowd is up. You know that that's it. The Liverpool fans have gone quiet now because even they can sense it. You know, the Chelsea fans were taken over. I mean. Just going back to that first goal. If you think, if you if you look at it, yeah, the guy whipped a free kick in. What? How did he get that free kick in from that distance, past that wall from there? 
I was, you know, it was a, it was a phenomenal free kick, you know, as well, and it was a phenomenal uh, punch out from Keller. Yeah. Again, but nobody on the box. The second goal, that they've they've gone through us quite easily on the right on our right hand side, completely destroyed us, and then VVD is just jogging back into the penalty area while Hendo's trying to chase, and VVD's not even looking to go cut across and and narrow down the uh, the shooting. Angle for him? No, he, he because he, he he managed to get get um, the Tottenham player one time to shoot with his wrong foot. Now by not going and challenging him, by forcing him to go on to to that foot. I mean, I'm watching it now, and he's it, it just he's just jogging alongside him. He's not even cutting down, like trying to make an angle or anything. I mean, that's the worst I've seen VVD do anything. They're actually highlighting it on the Sky Sports now. Exactly that. What I'm saying. It's just mental. So, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the, the goals we conceded today were stupid. The first goal we scored, we was we were fortunate because of the mistake their, their player made. Mo could have scored before that. To come away with a point against what was a team that was challenging for the title three, four weeks ago, away from home, is really good. You can't knock it. But because of what Man City do. And let, let's just quick look at Man City yesterday. They spent £100 million on a player that they didn't need, who's meant to be a game-changer, creative creative player, to spark a little bit of magic in their team. And they didn't bring him on yesterday when they were struggling at 1-1 or 1-0 down. What did that tell you about their team? That's what we're up against. This is the problem. It, gone are the days where you could win the league with 80 points. No, it's 95, 96 points now. has to be a near-perfect season. This has not been a near-perfect season, unfortunately. No, it really hasn't. We're on the 2nd of January. Right, we're going to move on to our second caller, Harinda, who was at the game, I believe. I was. Hello. Hi, how are you, my friend? I've had better evenings, put it that way, especially Ooh. from 2-0 up. Um... Very breast. I don't know how to put this. Like the first five minutes, we looked really dicey. You know, like, what the heck was going on here? Kind of what play. Then we also looked like we were about to score, and Mendy said no, which is really annoying. That kind of became the tail of tape a little bit. The one nil, granted, they may, I heard the call. It, uh, I missed the beginning of the of the call, but you're right. You know, they made a mistake. We capitalised and we scored. And I have to admit, when Mane shifted towards the left, I did think of Jota at Wolverhampton away. I did shit myself, and then the ball wrestled in the back of the net. wasn't back of the net. I'm like, thank fuck for that. Um, Stalo had ample opportunities and decided to take the hardest one of them all to score, to make it 2-0. And you're like, all right, if that is going to be that kind of day, great. At 2-0, I really didn't think we would fuck it up. And we did fuck it up. There is no way on earth anyone can convince me otherwise. We fucked it up. Yeah. Milner, I, I have to, you know what, from the angle that I had, um, which is towards like the, I suppose if you're looking at TV, I would have been on the left side of things from that corner, but it was obviously to the right of me. Um, sorry, to the left of me as well. It, it just didn't seem like he, it should have been, I think it was just a corner I thought it was going to be, not a foul. So I've not seen a replay, I don't know. So it could be, it was a, a genuine foul. It when Kovacic hit it, when Kovacic hit it, it did look like he didn't realise that he hit it that well. 
like it was a hit and he's like oh shit i think it's not going to go in but it kicks the top you know the underside of the crossbar and comes across and it goes in yeah it, it's a it's a great hit it's a phenomenal hit it's a jamming goal still in my head you know i i probably have a different vision view when i see the replay but at that point we really should have just seen it out the half we really should have and i've heard the opinions in respect to you know experienced heads etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know what it's not just the experienced heads at that moment in time that can take over because you've got people who should know better all yeah. over the pitch like genuinely should know better you know all throughout the match in the first half i couldn't see it so much in the second half because obviously they're playing the other way but chelsea spread wide like they, everything was about pulling us wider and wider and wider and wider to the extent of almost everything and they were ready to go wide and then they thought well you know we'll get the better of them we'll get something in we'll get something in we'll do something um even Alonso fucking overlapping at one point, I was like, shit, how's going on here? And, and he's not what he used to be from way back when. But we didn't stop any of that. You know, in the first half, we stopped very, very little of it. And it was really frustrating because that gave Chelsea momentum. It gave them that belief that, you know, oh, look, we can keep on getting behind them. Now, they had a reduced squad in inverted commas, as did we. But where our failure was, was that we just as you guys have already stated, we didn't take control. At 2-0, this should have been dead and buried. You're 2-0 away to Chelsea. Take it. Sharp shot. Take it. Especially knowing what we've got you know, on the bench and also um, playing up out for us. Um, second half was really bizarre. Like, If the first half was of goals, the second half was of keepers. More than anything else. You know, Mendy was all outstanding for them. Absolutely outstanding for them. And, and there should have been a, a goal. At least one of them should have been a goal if it wasn't for Mendy. Genuinely, that should have been a goal. And for them, obviously, Kelleher makes a great save from the header. from the I think it was a corner across that comes in and literally it's right towards him and down. And there's one that we get away with as well, with Rudiger, where he puts it wide. But to come away with a draw is probably what we deserved. But we had the win. And we, so we, you know, yeah, sometimes like little clubs sing 2 0 up and you fucked it up. Yeah, that's what Liverpool fans really could be singing to our own team today that we were 2 0 up and we fucked it up. Because that's exactly it. It dead just feels like we fucked up massively. Um, I don't know what the point difference is now between us and the top of the table, but unless City go on some sort of collapse or something like that, um, then yeah, it's not happening. Battle for top four. We'll be in there, I think. No problems in regards to that. Either second or third. No issues on that front. I think, yep, people have said it in regards to Champions League. But it's very deflating when we had them. And we did have them. There were periods of this game whereby we had them. And, and they knew it. And then they turned their gear up. And especially Kante. Kante is world-class. Phenomenal player. And he's a machine. His machine-like quality came through today. Because he didn't give up on anything. He fought for everything. And he was tenacious. And he was gnarly. And he was an absolute bastard to our midfield. And we could do nothing about it at times. It's really painful to say. You can't hate him either. Because he's such a nice bloke. Yeah. Yeah, you want to hate Other Chelsea players, you can usually find a bone about them that you'll sit there and go, you fucking prick. But with N'Golo Kante, you just can't. You just have to respect the guy for the player that he is. And he is a fantastic, phenomenal, world-class player. And we couldn't do anything about it. But as soon as he knew that he had the measure of everybody in our midfield and beyond, he took it. What can you do? What can you do? 
Play a fucking better midfield. We've got some responses here. Um, Steve Pete said, the worst thing for me is that... I said for me, folks, I've got nothing else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Harinda. Um, Have have a safe um, journey back home. Right, let me go back to read some of these comments. The worst thing for me is, um, that's from Steve Pizza, by the way. The worst thing for me is that Naby could and should have started instead of Milner, period. We don't lose control as much in that case, I think. Um, Adam Petriccione, all, 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 you know, all said that. There's three cups remaining. We have to give it a serious attempt in all three now. Yeah, you know, we've got a game in hand. And if we win that, it, we're still eight points behind City. And Cam, like you said, that Man City team, you know, Eight points is is pretty much done and dusted. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's done. I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, well, I, I have a question for the panel. Then, do any of you actually feel that with the Arsenal quarterfinal and given how Arsenal were robbed yesterday against Man City, that we're going to win? Because right now, I think Arsenal away is going to be a tough match. I think we'll come away with a draw, and we'll have to beat them at Anfield. Oh. Okay, I'll come to Andy first. Andy, um, uh, your response to Adam Petriccioni that we have to take all the cups seriously now, which kind of freaks me out a little as well because I was like, I was thinking, oh yeah, we just go all out in the Champions League. But then Man City have got it so comfortable, they're going to go all out in the Champions League as well. We've kind of made it easy for them as well by fucking things up ourselves. Um, your your response to going for all three cups and what Harinda just said against you know that Arsenal team that looked pretty decent yesterday, but you know. Yeah, they do. They, they, Arsenal are a, a good team in patches. They've got some good players, but they've also got some not so good players and not so clever players. Yeah, they've, they've Arsenal, got a wobble in the money. Well, Arsenal, Arsenal sort of did Arsenal things to themselves. They, yes. City didn't play well. They had them on the rack, but they let them in with, you know, crazy moments. And they, they, this is. A kind of what's been letting us down in in a number of games mm. this season is just these moments and periods in a game where, for whatever reason, we don't have control or we make bad decisions or we do daft things, and we really should be making better decisions and doing better things in <clears throat> in certain situations than Arsenal because we are a better team than we have got better players than them. And a lot of our players have been to this team's been together for the best part, you know, four or five years. So the, they know what they're doing. This Arsenal team is a lot younger, fresher. And this is the thing some of them players, because they're so young, will make these mistakes. So it is more understandable. But it will, it will undoubtedly be difficult. Um, some of their attacking talent will cause us problems because we are particularly susceptible at the moment on the right side of our pitch um, and that's I don't think that's going to suddenly change and and then we're, of course added to that like today you know we're missing Alisson we were missing um, Firmino we were missing um, oh my word it was uh, missing Matip as well through uh, through Covid Klopp was also missing through that then Thiago's out injured. You know we've got other injuries. Then we've got the uh, the Afcon as well. So it's going to be, with everything considered, it is going to be very difficult to navigate our way through that semi final. So I, I wouldn't say like oh it's you know it's a lost cause or anything like that. I just think it's in the balance and it's going to take us 
you know, stepping up our game in order to get past them. Um, we are capable of doing that, but you know, it's there's no guarantees either way. But absolutely, we do need to take these these cups a little more seriously because we want to we want to win trophies. And if the if it's not looking so good in the league, you know, let's let's start collecting silverware. Let's start adding other trophies. If we can win the league cup, fine. We win the league cup. Absolutely, go for it in the Champions League. And when you mentioned Man City. Man City and the Champions League don't exactly go together. So, yeah, I'd, 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 I think I would um, accept a cup treble this season. Um, same question to you. You wouldn't say no to a cup treble, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> that, that's a that's a phenomenal season if the if we could pull that rabbit out. Like that. What, do you think, uh, what, what do you think it would do for their confidence? Because, you know, we keep talking about them that season, they won the league, Mentality Monsters, Cam, I know you got the T-shirt. Yeah. And obviously what happened today was anything but mental, Mentality Monster kind of performance. I think we can all agree on that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and I feel like obviously they won the league and then obviously they, they went through, they lifted it in, under like, unforeseen kind of circumstances you know no fans there no nothing they're not even really had a chance to properly celebrate it and yeah. then last season we were just absolutely um riddled with injuries and we were just so unfortunate in in all regards like that and you know there was um a lot going on with you know players and managers in their personal lives as well and you know obviously this season it's not going uh, you know we've, we've had a bit of a wobble which is normally expected with those round about this time usually you know around about january time but obviously we've, like you said costly draws but yeah. this team, why they were so good that season, not only were they playing great football, but the confidence was high. And there's, I feel like we're just a little bit off the confidence mark. Well, that, that's a combination, isn't it? I mean, mm. if, if you're playing well, you're winning games, your confidence is high. So, um, you know, it, it, that's all, all correlated together, isn't it? Um, there were seven players today, started, who won the league and Champions League. This isn't a team... Um, of players who who don't know how to win, so um, you, you you can't put this put uh, where we are in the table um, right now down to um, you know the four or five players who who are not Champions League and Premier League winners. So um, I, I I for one um, I'm not giving up on the league yet. It's January the second. It's not May the second. Um, you just as good as City are, they teams have beaten them. They have drawn games. They will drop points. They're not going to win every single game between now and the end of the season. They've got another 18 or 17 games to play or 16 games, whatever it is, how many ever number of games they've played. Um, um, they're, not going to get, they're not going to pick up every single point in all those games. You, you, you've got to keep fighting. You've got to keep going on. Um, well, you know, when it's mathematically impossible to win the league, then we'll say, fine. You know, whoever is then deserving of winning that league title, they will be crowned champions accordingly. So, right now, I'm not giving up on the league. Um, it has the mountain got higher? Yeah. Is it is it more challenging now? Yeah, for sure. But I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not quitting on it. So, when it comes to the cups, um, you know we're going to be there or thereabouts in Champions League. I would love to see us win the FA Cup. I really, really would. I still think the FA Cup has got a little bit of magic about it. Um, I think that was that's slowly beginning to come back again after being tarnished all those years ago. 
Um, it's still a major trophy. It's still one to lord over everybody else and say, well, you know, that's another that's another trophy in our cabinet. Better than Tottenham or um, Everton since 1995, isn't it? Um, Carabao Cup, we've, we've got a genuine chance of winning that still. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult against Arsenal. Very, very difficult. The, the, the first half yesterday, they were phenomenal. They played some wonderful, wonderful football. Um, whether Arteta starts uh, a similar team remains to be seen. We know there's no Thomas Partey because he's going. He's, he's off to the Afcon as well, and he was really good yesterday. Um, but they've got some. They, they're they're from three or four in um, Saka, Martinelli, Emmett Smith Rowe, um, Lacazette still useful. You know, really tasty that 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 three or four up top, you know, and they're going to cause any team problems. And they caused a lot of problems to the best defence in the league yesterday. So we'll have to wait and see what the lineup is. Come, Is it on Wednesday the game, is it? Um, I think it's Wednesday, isn't it? The, um, the Carabao Cup game, isn't it? Thursday, no, Thursday, sorry. Thursday, sorry. Yeah, Thursday, sorry. Um, so um, we've got three or four days to recover. Um, Maybe Tiago comes back in, you know, um, because when Tiago and Fab start, we win ninety-seven percent of our games or whatever the stat is. So um, it'd be good because let's be honest, who doesn't enjoy a day out at Wembley? Not that I've ever been there uh, for a cup final, but I certainly would. Yeah, so there you have it. Even I've been humbled. Look at this. I don't give a damn about these cups. And, you know, it looks like that's what Liverpool will be chasing this season. I still think they're shit, though. I'm not going to lie. So, um, uh, to answer your question, Harinda, they're all in. Um, they they want to go all out for the cups. And Cam is still going to remain positive, optimistic about the league as well. So, there you have it. Uh, I remain as positive as I can be. If we keep on doing shit like this today, I'm going to have to go and speak to somebody and probably him. <laughs> Genu- genuinely, from Punjabi slap across the face, like, what the fuck are you doing here, mate? Sort your life out, <laughs> kind of thing. And, and on that bombshell, I wish everyone a happy new year and uh, speak to you guys soon. Take care, folks. Thank you, Harinda. Right, guys, we're just going to take a little break. Enjoy the ads and we'll be back straight after them. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalglish. Plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven day free trial now. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we're still talking about Liverpool versus Chelsea. Um, 
what can you say, eh? What can you say? Uh, Cam, I'm going to come to you because you kind of touched on something and it was a bit of a basketball kind of game. And, of course, you know, um, they, they, they had a... We had a, a little bit of a mistake from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Kelleher kind of got tested. Um, it was his first test. He, he came out good. And then within minutes, um, you know, a similar situation happened on, on the, you know, on on the opposite side. And um, Sadio Mane, you know, a player that has been getting a lot of criticism, um, a player whose form has been under question to sort of get the goal and, you know, sort of relax our nerves because Havinda was right. Um, it was a bit cagey to begin with and then it was a little bit end-to-end and, you know, just seeing Liverpool to just kind of... I don't know, I was quite... You know, it was a relief for me to see Sadio Mane score and not be wasteful. Yeah, it was it was great to actually see Sadio back on the score sheet um, and <laughs> it should have been enough really, shouldn't it? Uh, that one goal should have been enough. And, but saying that as well, maybe Sadio was lucky to be on the pitch. Um, that elbow from the kickoff uh, that could quite easily have been given a red card. Um, I know he wasn't looking at the player, but he knew the player was there, and he led with that elbow. And I think he 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 got away with one there, and. Um, I'm quite surprised VAR didn't come in and uh, do the dirty honours again. And um, I think we got, like I say, we got away with that. Um, the, the Trent one was, uh, yeah, that was a, uh, what can I say? Yeah, he went for the clearance. Uh, it, it was closed down and, and it bounced nicely for yeah, Pulisic. Yeah, it did for Pulisic. Yeah, I was yeah. yeah, and it was just like, oh my God, first two minutes are they going to score? And like, as I said, Kelleher, I mean, he, he didn't put a foot wrong today. No, he didn't. He, he he was excellent. His his handling was was superb. Um, I think one or two kicks aside, his kicking was really good. Um, very composed on the ball. Um, as Andy, I, I think uh, I think Andy alluded or somebody alluded to earlier, uh, the save in the second half. Um, yes, it was straight at him, but it, he had to be there. There was the the uh, follow up save from the free kick. Uh, down by the near post, uh, wonderfully handled. You know, I mean, a lot of keepers pushed that out for a corner. He 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 just gathered it in. Um, I thought he was excellent. So, um, but Sadio's scoring is a great thing, and um, he has these barren patches. He's always had these barren patches. He he goes long periods where he doesn't score, but he's always so dangerous. He's always causing the opposition problems. And even today, he was continually causing um, the opposition a lot, a lot of difficulties. And um, he's just a phenomenal, wonderful football player. And we're so lucky to have him. And you're getting all these people saying, oh, he's past it. He's no good. He's he's hitting 30 now. He's not good enough for us. Trust me, he's good enough for us. He's more than good enough for us. I mean, he could have easily have missed that, the way he's been playing. You you would have actually put more money on him missing than him scoring. Interesting. I mean, your thoughts, Andy, because he scored a goal and I got dead happy and I was like, ah, shit, he's going to AFCON. <laughs> I've got to say, I, I 
personally didn't think it was a red card that one in the opening moments. Uh, I was watching it on Sky Germany. I I have a confession to make about the whole incident. It happened early on in the game, didn't it? Very very early. I was was in the kitchen cutting a watermelon, so I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't give. I can't weigh in on this. Well, I, I watched it on Sky Germany, uh, and they they felt that it should really be a red card. Personally, for me, it was a jumping action. He his intention was to jump for the ball, and it was only the fact that uh, as Pelaquetta kind of leaned in onto him rather than jumping as, as to why the his elbow connected with him. I, I don't think there was any intent there. So, for me. For me, I, I didn't feel it was a red card, and obviously, but have, you, have, you, have you seen them given though, Andy? Like, because obviously, I've not seen the replays yet or anything. I've just got fresh raw here. It's difficult because if you if you're talking the Premier League, yes, it's very very difficult to to actually you know constitute what what is red, what isn't red, what's a penalty, what's not a penalty. Because it's, not, it's it, not just game to game, yeah, no consistency, not just game to game, but even within a game. Like we've had today with Anthony Taylor, second half, you know, giving really soft fouls for nothing, you know, virtually no contact. Yet earlier in the game, you know, players launching into each other and he's just waving play on. So you don't get consistency within a game, let alone from game to game. Uh, and the penalty that was given to Everton today is less of a penalty than what, you know, for what was the Diogo uh, Jota was denied against Spurs. So. It's difficult to measure it against anything. There isn't really any standard benchmarking in the Premier League, it seems. It's um, just kind of what they feel like week to week or depending on who you get or how they're going to interpret what Mike Riley's told them. So, yeah, I mean, but then you could also look at the, the Mason Mount one in the second half where it looked like he intended to throw a foot and some referees may have interpreted that as violent conduct, others not so. So he didn't he didn't get the red card either. So I'd, it's it's you know I think it's one of them. It's the debatable decisions. As for as for Sadio today, I thought he played better because I think he has been better this season than he was last season. But I still don't feel like he's the Sadio Mane. Of uh, of our title winning campaign and and before that he's he's not quite the same player but he's still a very good player and he's still important to us and it was lovely for him to end his nine goal droughts his nine game drought sorry um, I was I, I will admit I was a little worried that he wasn't actually going to score <laughs> as he was drifting past the keeper and that you just uh, the way things have been going for him lately that it. Uh, Someone was going to clear it off the line or something, but it was it was lovely to see him score, and yeah, he was causing them some problems down that that side of the pitch. So, hopefully, uh, the time he's he's away at Afcon, he does well and and comes back full of confidence, and we see um, you know a, a reinvigorated uh, Sadio, full of confidence and ready to score goals again because there's just little things in his game where that we he doesn't seem to have quite that same explosive pace that he used to that would take him away from defenders. So his game is, is, is changing slightly. And he's, he, like I said, he's still a very good player and he's still very important to us. 
but he's he's not quite the same player, yeah, not quite the same Sadio Mane, the explosive Sadio Mane of, of, of two years ago, but you know, that's that's just a you know a factor of time. It's all players are, are go past a certain peak and then they've got to change the game slightly and I think Casario's at that stage and and that's up to us to start thinking about how we adapt to the future and we don't have to keep relying on the same three guys doing it week in, week out. Yeah, year in, year out for us. Yeah. Um you know, you need that natural um evolution in terms of players and, you know, a sort of lack of replacement and uh, Steve W there says the problem with Mane is that we're giving him too much time to think. At best, um, uh, his best way to play is um, kind of uh, the instinctive kind of play, and I think that's spot on. Um, uh, one thing I've noticed about him this season is he's making more of them runs again, which is really good. Sort of hounding the defenders, just giving them so much headaches. But when he shoots, like just don't give him time, and um, uh, so don't give him time to think about it. He overthinks it, and I think that is probably a criticism of him. So that is a great point there, Steve W. Right, Andy, I'm going to stick with you now. Talk to me about that gorgeous Mosala ball. That, I mean, goal. I mean, the ball from Trent and what Mosala does. Wow. Twilonzo. Uh, that was sensational. That, that was just sensational. Um, he really, really is a special player. Yet the last couple of games, he wasn't quite on it. And the criticism that was starting here is quite unbelievable, really, when you think of everything that he's done already this season and just how vital he's been to us. But, yeah, he, get, he gets on it. And I, I must admit, I think he sold me as much as he sold Alonso because I thought he was cutting inside as well. And then the way that he carried it and the way that he then sold Mendy with the finish, it was just... It, it was terrific. And it was perhaps... I mean, perhaps lead into that finish that... that kind of helps that finish is before that he had been ruled out for offside but he opened his body up and went went the other way on Mendy and Mendy saved it so maybe Mendy's thinking he's going to go the same way again and that kind of you know that leads him to open up his near post a bit and Salah just what a sensational finish I mean just everything in there the the skill the composure the finish just tremendous and yeah and then, and obviously it boils the piss of Chelsea in the, at the same time. So it it was fabulous. Yeah, a double whammy there, right there. I can I mean, how filthy was that goal? And it kind of pisses me off because that should have been the winner. You know that the fact is like with the amount of goals that keep coming in, that one might be forgotten, and it shouldn't be. No, I thought we were. I was actually about to put it in the chat box. Uh, we need to talk about the Mo Salah goal. I didn't think we were going to talk about it. So um, yeah, it was as as filthy as they get. I mean, just another one to the Mo Salah collection this season of um, filthy goals he scored. You know, the Man City at home, Watford away uh, today. Um, he, he's just he just keeps doing it week in week out. I mean, yeah, three or four games he's. Uh, not quite been on it since he hit the 15-goal consecutive um, um, 15 goals with contributions, you know, with goals and assists on the run to equal the record with Jamie Vardy. And then, uh, he, you know, we thought, is he going to do it for the 16th, make a new record? And he didn't. Um, it, it's a shame that it would have been nice if he could, you know, had another record where we could have been going only Mo Salah. 
you know, only Mo Salah has, you know, has has another record like that. So um, he, he's just he's just too good. It's, 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 it's as simple as that. The guy is just too good. Um, and he, you just think now, what better goal is he going to score this season than, the, than any of the, the three I've just mentioned? You know, how is he going to better that? He's on uh, 16 goals now this season. Six goals ahead of the second highest player, who happens to be Diogo Jota. Who's been really poor last three or four games as well, and um, we need him to step up for the next few games. So, um, oh, Mo Salah, we're going to miss you for the next month. Um, I know it's only two two league games: um, Brentford at home and Crystal Palace away. But boy, do do we need you in that team because you, you know you you and Trent are are our creative sparks. You are our, our goal machine and. Um, you are you are definitely going to be missed for those two games, and I'm just hoping Egypt lose the first three games and get knocked out quickly, and um, you're you're back by the by the time those two two games are uh, come round at the end of the month. Wishful thinking, wishful thinking, Cam. Um, here's hoping, but I don't think it's it's going to happen. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, strong contenders and all that. I mean, guys, let's let's just keep talking. I don't want to talk about their goals. Um, I think we've discussed them at length there, you know, just uh, head wobblers. Um, let's talk about other things in the game. And for me, Andy, um, again, one of the things I kind of noticed was, you know, like, it, to me, it felt like in this game, we were kind of, Cam just touched on Trent and, you know, Mo Salah just linking up really well there. And for me, it felt like we were kind of, there wasn't real an idea or an identity in terms of how we were kind of playing today. And I felt like we were kind of maybe just hoping for a moment of brilliance. Yeah, a moment of brilliance, or as was often the case, I think we, we just seemed like, it felt like we were lumping the ball. Yeah. From anywhere around, anywhere around our area, <clears throat> it was just getting lumped up to an area, to, well, just, practically anywhere though it's not like with any kind of intent we're not going to put it into a small area or we're going to work this and work the team out and we're going to start pressing it was just kind of like kick and rush if if i'm brutally honest and it's you know that's not what we're about that's not the team we are yeah we do hit teams quickly with you know quick counter-attacks and sometimes we go long and we're direct but it tends to be focused and there's a there's a you know there's there's an actual you know thought process behind it and there's a deliberance to it um this today felt very much like it was just just get rid of it get rid of it is that phrase i hate absolutely hated hearing in kids football every single week when someone's under pressure get rid of it get rid of it get rid of it and i just absolutely detest that saying but that is how it felt watching it so many times. If we were under pressure, just get rid of it, just get rid of it and just lump it. And I don't want to keep picking on them, um, but it did feel an awful lot like Milner and uh, Henderson in the midfield were, were particularly guilty of this. That, you know, anything, any loose ball, and it was just launched and it was booted anywhere, even if that was 30 yards up in the air. You know, and ten yards away from where the danger was, there wasn't any kind of composure 
in possession. I think that was the biggest thing today. We just did not keep the ball very well. We didn't keep it and recycle it and control it and take the edge off them when they were having a good period. I mean, they started the game well, even though we took the lead. They started it well. We got we had a good period. But then once we got the 2-0 lead, we just need they were never it was inevitable that they were going to come at us and and try and get something. We needed to be able to take the sting out of it and control it and keep it. And we weren't able to do that. We we surrendered possession way, way too easily. But I mean it wasn't just on them too. There was others in there as well. Some sloppy passes, um, some decisions of giving the ball to somebody who's under pressure with from two other players inevitably leads to a quick turnover. It felt as though we were almost inviting Chelsea to come at us. And and it kind of comes back to the whole um, uh, Brentford game again, which was a complete game of basketball. There was absolutely no control. It was just end-to-end stuff. And it must be tremendous for a neutral to be watching it. It must be absolutely thrilling for them. But, you know, as a fan of this team that are so are capable of so, so much better, better football than this, to watch them, you know, get get themselves, allow themselves to be drawn into this kind of a game, it is really, really disappointing because Chelsea then had the players in midfield to win it. They had the player in midfield in order to pass it, to move it around and keep it where we didn't. So, yeah, we um, we just I don't I don't feel like we're in a, a particularly good place at the moment. Obviously, we look at the form book. What was it last three four games? You know, no wins, draws, defeat. It's you know we're not in a great place, but we're not playing particularly well either. So it's not like you can hang your hat on something and say you know it's going to come off. We're not playing too well, and we're not getting away with it. Early in the season, we weren't playing particularly well, but we were getting away with it. We were still getting some results at the moment. It's, um, you know, it, it's difficult. And when you think that Salah and Mane are going to be away for the AFCON, it's going to be even even more trying to find that, you know, that piece of magic and that, you know, a bit of miracle football of individual brilliance when our best player you know, it is is going to be unavailable. So we, we we are going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to, I think, as much as anything, go back to basics and go back to uh, to keeping it more simple and doing the the things that we were very good at, doing them again, and particularly in that midfield area. Yeah, and Cam, what about you? I mean, what did you make of like the whole hoofball and hope for the best and let's rely on a, on a moment of magic because I felt like that was a trend and a theme in this game It certainly seemed to be and um, I think ultimately that's because of the midfield we had um, With it, it keeps coming back to that, there's there's nothing else you can really point, yeah, right. point your finger to because if if your midfield is not is not there to control the game for you then your your defence has got to get the ball up to the attackers. How are they going to do that? They're going to bypass your midfield, aren't they? So you know, it's, and then if you if you're doing that, they're hopeful balls more than deliberate deliberate play. And when that's the case, you're not going to win win that many balls in that way. You know, we, we, it's not like we've got uh, three six foot four strikers up there who are going to not everything down, you know. We don't have a player up top who's over who's above five foot eight, five foot nine. 
you know, up against centre backs and um, and who who are gonna they're gonna they're gonna win that all day long. So unless the ball is being fizzed into feet, you're asking a lot of your forward line. So the questions have to go back to the management and the and and the coaching staff and fingers have to be pointed at them and said, why, why, why did you go with that midfield free? Why have you allowed that today? Um, because it, it it's never worked. You, 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 you can't have Fab as a one-man midfielder, ultimately. With no, you know, he needs somebody alongside him to be, to really, really get the best out of him. This, this, Philosophy now, because of the way Trent is playing further up, you're asking him to do even more work. It was different before when it was um, when our fullbacks were pushing up. Our two number eights would tuck in slightly or go a little bit wider to to um, to cover our fullbacks. That's not happening now. Our two yeah. number eights are, are, are suddenly becoming more attacking. That's why we were scoring a shed load more goals. That's why the games were so much more. Pre- unpredictable we we'd suddenly gone it almost felt like we'd gone back to the first season of when Jurgen Klopp was there and it was like well we're just going to start we're going to outscore teams you don't win leagues that way to win a league has to be done on a on a solid foundation the solid foundation is your defense our defenses look vulnerable today Van Dyke probably had one of his worst games in Liverpool shirt I felt I felt he was really poor today I mean, some of the his decision making, some of his um, that clearance in the in the second half where he just ran across, and he had all the time in the world just to, to bring the ball around Canati. He'd gone past Canati and just bring the ball out, and he just booted it into Rosehead. And yet, there'll be times where he'll he'll try he'll try and do a pass when he needs to boot it into Rosehead. The decision making again is off. These this, this is the best defender in the world, and he's. And he, even he lost his head a little bit today, and and that's worrying. Yeah, we we need our top players to play like top players. Hendo was non-existent today. Milner we know was poor. Fab was asked to do too much. Canate's passing was off. Um, got caught wrong side of the attackers uh, a couple of times. Uh, Simicast did okay. Trent didn't probably do enough overall. Jota was non-existent. Mane was trying. Salah didn't, Salah didn't get enough of ball. And Kelleher was fantastic. And when you're saying that, our keeper is probably our best player on the day. That's not a good thing. Oh, scathing, scathing reports there. Right. Guys, I have a few questions before we close this part off. So I'm going to go to them real, real quick. And... um. Andy, I'll come to you first. You know, we, we know Jurgen Klopp, um, you know him particularly well with his time at Dortmund. An umbilical boy has a question. Anyone think we may have reached peak Klopp? Um, I'm going to run that one by you. And I think you know what he means there by, you know, what happened with Dortmund. Obviously, you know, the, the system and players ran into the ground and injuries. And um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that because... He's competing against an absolute beast, which is pretty much what he did against Bayern Munich as well, you know, at Dortmund. But the difference was his players were getting cherry-picked. Obviously, we're, we're in a pandemic right now. We're playing through one. Um, you know, those things factor in as well. Where do you stand on this? I do think we're in a, in a very different situation. It's, 
in some ways, yeah, it can be comparable to to his time at Dortmund. And like you said, you know, yeah, Dortmund were up against um, a machine in Bayern. But, but also, like you said, Dortmund were getting their players taken off them. All their best players, anyone that was coming through, they were getting taken off them, whether that was Bayern or other teams. This is not the situation with Liverpool. Klopp's been allowed to build a team and the only players that are going are really by choice, you know, allowing these players to leave. So he's not getting star players taken from him that he doesn't want to necessarily lose. Uh, although I guess you could maybe argue the case for Coutinho, but by the by. So I do feel the situation is different. And as you mentioned as well, the, the whole thing with COVID and the pandemic does change things because it changed football. And then you've got the whole international situation and players are playing game after game after game. And the way that things have been almost nonstop for the past three years, I think it, it's it's just like an accumulation that everyone feels mentally and probably in that as well, quite physically drained. And it's it's difficult to have the same energy because I know, even for me as a fan, as a football fan, I'm finding it difficult to have the same energy for football as a whole, top-level football. Um, even my interest in watching Bundesliga football, it's not quite the same at the moment and, and I can't quite put my, my finger on it whether it's it is just this whole thing with COVID and the fans being out and everyone just being drained mentally for what everybody's had to go through for the past couple of years and and if it's affecting us you know it, it's affecting them as well because they are human beings at the end of the day so I, I, I do think there are different things at play I would like to see him given some backing in terms of refreshing some parts of the squad. Um, maybe, you know, and we're only talking, you know, two or three players here. That's that's really what we're talking about because Jurgen Klopp doesn't like to have a massive squad. Jurgen Klopp wouldn't want a squad the size of um, of Man City squad to work with. He likes to have a tight squad that he keeps he keeps um, it keeps it happy, and that's how he works. Mm. But I would like to I would like to see things refreshed a little bit, and and maybe that's you know that that's just what we're short of. Who knows? It, winning a trophy, say we go on and win the league cup, you know, does that change things slightly? Then does this team get the uh, keep that 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 hunger, that desire, that uh, that unquenchable thirst to to keep winning trophies? And then if we add the the Champions League to it, then are, are we? You know, is anyone then saying we've gone past Pete Klopp? So it's, yeah, I, it's a difficult, it's a really, really difficult one to answer. But I, I do think, in terms of comparing the situation now to how things were at Dortmund, I, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's a like for like situation. So it's, I, I guess, with any manager, there's other than Alex Ferguson, there's a shelf life for any manager. So. Uh, who knows? But I, I feel, I still feel there's, there's at least another couple of good years of, of Klopp with Liverpool left yet. Mm. You know, I, I'd have to agree with you there, and I think you've just weighed in that, you know, that quite nicely. And I think probably the answer the umbilical boy was actually looking for as well, because I don't think anyone wants Klopp to be coming to an end. Um, Cam, um, your response to that, and then I've got another question for you, and you can start with that one. 
we've lost two games in all competitions this season. Two. To um, to be then thinking that, um, I, I understand why the question has been asked, but I, I, it's it's complete no. I mean, I wouldn't change him at all at the moment. I wouldn't even think about, you know, I mean, I'm, I want him to extend his contract come 2024. I still think he's got an awful lot to offer. Um, I think he needs to maybe just refresh his outlook maybe a little bit on certain on certain things maybe. Maybe start pushing the owners a little bit. Say, look, like Andy said, I need another two, three players. I need a slightly bigger squad. Um, we need to be, you know, uh, to be able to challenge this City team. We need to be more in the mix. I mean, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Liverpool over the last two, three years challenging City, nobody would have been challenging City. Nobody else has got close to them. We got we got close to them for two seasons. Um, you know, we, and we won one of those. So. Um, it's the squad. Yes, does it need more players? Yes, but it, does Klopp use those players that he has available? Today's a prime example of Klopp n- not using his squad properly. Yep. Perfect example. He's got a fifty-two million pound player sat on the bench who's better than the thirty-six-year-old who cost us two points. The question has to be: It's it's. Um, I'm sort of argue, arguing against myself here. At the same time, but he he just needs a a little bit of a he needs a little bit of a kick up the arse as well. I think also he needs to be a bit firm with Henderson as well. I think it's time to bench him. <laughs> Very much so. But the issue is, again has been um, we've never had our eight or nine midfielders always available, and it's mm. it's always about availability. Um, you know, you, you're not going to start Curtis Jones today, you know, no. with his first game back for, you know, first time on the bench after, what is it, six weeks, seven weeks? So yeah. that wasn't going to happen. It, 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 the Naby one is baffling. I mean, th- there was an argument to be had possibly today for Hendo not starting and Milner starting. Because Milner has, uh, sorry, Hendo has been, he was atrocious against Leicester. But you know we, we we're going away from the question ultimately, and um, you know Klopp. I think Klopp needs a little bit, little bit of a kick up the arse. I think more than anything else, rather than a, to think that's it, his time is up. He needs to think right. Okay, I need to do better as well. Hello. <clears throat> Sorry, I was on mute. I'm so professional. <laughs> so professional here. Guys, I've got a question for both. He's just come to me now. Do you think he went super defensive with the midfield and super conservative because he wasn't at the game and maybe there's still a minor trust issue with Linda's having full control? I don't know. Do you guys want to maybe answer that one before we go to the final question? Andy, I'll come to you first. Well... <laughs> To be brutally honest, neither Milner nor Henderson are, are particularly good defensively. So we're certainly not good when they're playing. We're not good so good defensively when they're playing. It's a massive um, miss. So it's yeah. So I, I don't. It's not so much about showing up because the, again, the, the thing is, they're not very 
positionally disciplined. They're not very well disciplined positionally. Mm. And that leaves gaps, and you've got Fab chasing into areas that you don't want him to be at, which then leaves the defence open because they're starting to cover massive areas of space that you wouldn't ideally want your centre-backs to be covering. And it just makes everybody look bad. So defensively, them two... I think if you're looking to stay solid and compact and disciplined, well, I don't think them two are them selections, so maybe that's not so much in mind. Perhaps um, what he was looking for or what he was expecting was was a bit more of a kind of chaotic, frenetic, um, derby-style midfield, for, pardon me, for whatever reason, uh, because them two are adept at that. You know, that's where that's what they're in. That's their kind of game. And we were like that, but Chelsea weren't. Chelsea were a lot more, a lot more comfortable on the ball, a, a lot more uh, level-headed in possession. And so, that, I, that the only thing I could think of really that that would warrant it is is that sort of looking to create the chaos in the midfield and looking to get at Chelsea that way and then use their experience to see them through the game. But that that's the only thing I can think of. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, the, it, if that was the thinking, it certainly didn't work out. Same question to you, Cam. Yeah, Andy Stolmoff under there. It was all about chaos. Um, that's the only thing I could put my finger on there when, when you asked the question. Because, and, and, to, and to a point, that's what it was. Because it was that basketball type of game, and what Klopp is probably thinking is, we we've we've got the better defense. You know, we we they're not going to score against us, and to be honest, they 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 shouldn't have scored against us. Um, aside from that Pulisic chance at the beginning, um, they they should never have been in a real serious position to you know. To to have pressured us, I mean, a couple of chance, half chances in the second half. I mean, we had the better chances in the second half. Um, that the Mendy save from Mo was phenomenal. You know, not enough enough, enough has been said about that. Um, you know, if Mo could have only got another six inches on it, six seven inches on you know height on it, it it he would have cleared him. Mendy wasn't getting to it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all about chaos and um, uh, it, it worked to a point. And then um, Captain Chaos fucked it up, didn't he? Or Vice Captain Chaos, I should say. <laughs> Vice Captain Chaos. Right, Cam, I'm going to stick with you. Um, I have a question from your. Um, you- your good friend M Sal, and he's asked. He's he's just wrote a message in Discord here. Not listening in it. I'm not listening in. But who do you guys think will feature in the front three? Um, Jota, um, Bobby, and a question mark for third. I'm assuming the question is for um, when more and Sadio and uh, you know Nabi and Co go off to um, Afcon. Not a whole lot of pace in there, and hardly any creativity in the middle, especially if we go with what's on on display earlier we're going to struggle in my opinion so um the i mean the front three that you kind of think i mean Curtis, there's Curtis jones minamino origi 
who do, what do you think Klopp's going to do? Will he have to change up his formation? I don't know. Will yeah, he have to he, buy someone? <laughs> well, he, they won't buy anyone uh, unless they, unless uh, Ricky Lambert's available on a free. Um, or maybe, or maybe we could get uh, <laughs> we could get Kaiten. Can, can we get Kaiten? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Can we get Kaiten? I don't want Ricky Lambert. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's nuts. Uh, no, um, yeah, Minamino's uh, off on international duty as well, isn't he, in January? So he, he's going to be have limited availability. Plus, he's injured. Divox injured as well, so he's probably uh, uh, flying around Europe at the moment, talking to uh, other clubs because he's available to go on a free transfer in the summer. So he can talk to other clubs now um, in Europe. Um, so that leaves. That really leaves uh, Jota, Bobby, Bobby, who's got COVID, so we don't know when he's coming back. That then leaves you Jota, Ox, Jones, and you're struggling then, aren't you? Yeah. You are struggling after that three. I mean, and it's not ideal that you're having to put uh, Ox and uh, Jones that high up the pitch because they are better in the, the midfield three. Um, so you may see a tweak in formation. So I think you you might see more of a four two three one. So you'll probably see something like uh, Fab and Thiago um, as much as possible as the two, and then you'll have a probably Jotter up top, Bobby in the middle of the three with Ox and uh, Jones either side. Yeah. No, I think that sounds maybe workable. We'll have to see. And what about you, Andy, before we close the pod off? Yeah, there's not too much to add to that, other than Neko Williams is another one that we've seen thrown in there on the, uh, on the right. So, yeah, the options with, with Bobby out, the, uh, the immediate options with Bobby out are not great. Uh, Taki, obviously, his movement is really good and it's nice. Origi, we don't know what's happening there. So it, it, you would assume that uh, Ox will be a part of it with uh, Bobby and Jota. Um, but we have we have played four four two in some games as well. We, you know, we switch formations mid game and play four four two. So who knows? Maybe he'll he'll decide to go with um, maybe try uh, Robertson and Costas playing in the same team and play him out wide and maybe stick you know Bobby and Jota together as a front two and use Ox in a wide right wall or something like that. Uh, anything's possible, but um, thankfully it's it's only a small number of games that we've, yes. we've got to navigate through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on paper you would say the, the two league games aren't the, the toughest ones. So if we can find a way, just find a way through them, then, you know, hopefully, we you know, that's it. Then we, we've got our main men back. But... Again, when you've been looking at how we've played today, if we're relying on some brilliance up front with Mo Salah missing, it, yeah, it, it could be it could be a long month. Yeah, I think this is a time where uh, people at Jota now need to kind of step up. We need goals from midfield because we went through that phase where goals were coming from the midfield. Our defenders need to chip in as well. I think it's going to be one of them where we're going to see maybe more adventure from our other players, and I'm I'm all for it. It's going to have to happen if if there isn't much pace up top, which there won't be. 
So we'll have to watch this space. It'll be really interesting. And, um, uh, you know, Kieran there thinks it. I think it's going to be a long January. It usually is on the club. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, luckily, it's not many games. Guys, we have come to the end of this show. I'm glad it's done with. Closure, closure. I feel better now speaking to these two awesome gents and our wonderful callers. A massive thank you to our callers and these two awesome guys. But before I let them go, I will get some plugs. Cam, where can people find you on social media? And um, where have you been a busy bee on? Um, busy bee on the old uh, main pod uh, with Trev and Lisa and Marie at the moment. Um, so uh, we are trying to make sure that we're producing a pod once a week. Um, so we're, we're currently looking at Friday nights as a regular slot. But we may try and change that to a Monday night, depending on... Um, uh, listening figures, so uh, might have to speak to the overlords about that. Uh, social media-wise, you'll find me on Twitter uh, being very angry about right-wingers, so um, n- not football right-wingers, obviously, political ones. Um, uh, Cam Brainchy. That's it, that's me. Excellent stuff, Cam. Give Cam a follow on Twitter. And Andy, what about you? Where can people find more of you and where can they find you on social media? Well, they'll have a job finding me because I'm over in Germany. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> on social media, and Andy Armchair. Um, I'll start that again. At Andy Armchair. Easy for me to say. Uh, I'm not so much a busy bee at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'll be on there like Cam ranting about stupidity of Brexit and other such things. And, um, yeah, and my general musings about Liverpool and uh, German football and other things like that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> moaning and groaning about games like today. You know what? Enrich that timeline, people. Now's the time to do it. New Year. You know, add a bit of spice to that timeline. Give both of these a follow. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful new year with, with um, you know, to you and your loved ones. Um, thank you so much for listening and take care. Until next time, up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.